We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our emergency freedom alerts for November 27, 2023. I went way over on time and I don't know if right now, because I'm still in the middle of the study, if I had to go back and lop off the end of that last part and reinsert it and I'm, that, that insertion may come like right now. Or if I was able to squeeze that in and get it to upload, then I'll, I'm just going to kind of start from where I left off. Anyway, that was my, my testimony about coming out of the um, charismatic Pentecostal church and what was the main trigger for that. And it was when I got the Gail Ripplinger tape, um, New Age Bible Versions, which is still a really, really good book. I wouldn't really get a whole lot more from Gail Ripplinger other than that, um, that one book. And... Um, it was it was life changing. I mean, all of a sudden, my discernment just got like turned on, and then I got a tape. It was about a twenty hour twenty hours of footage called the Toronto Blessing Unmasked, and it was VHS. And I got that tape, and around the same time. I went to the pastor and with like my concerns about, okay, pastor, uh, this is a big church. This is big, big church in Cape Coral, Florida, Kingsway Christian Center. And probably the biggest charismatic church in the Lee County area at that time. Charismatic, charismatic Pentecostal. And um, I just went to him with my concerns about, okay, we're, we're really not following the Bible here, 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 here. And basically, it was one of those same, typical Pentecostal replies of, okay, you know, let go, let God, you know, whatever. He didn't want to hear about the King James. He didn't want to hear about the things they were doing unbiblically. And I wasn't mean. I wasn't like over the top. I wasn't like confrontational. I'm just like, you know, listen, I'm, I try to be respectful. And at the end of the conversation, I remember, and I've told this story many times, he shook my hand and he says, don't let the devil throw you a curveball. <laughs> and I looked him right back in the eye and said, don't worry, I won't. And it wasn't too long after that, I left the church and I heard, I don't know, one or two, three, I don't know, years later, he got caught in some big sex scandal there. And it didn't surprise me because the, the, with the charismatics, I found out toward the end, there were some really, really, really perverse perverted stuff going on with people i was hanging out with i mean we were like the the like so consider the most spiritual people the most hardcore charismatic people at that church and they were I, i'm not even going to get into it but what I, what i found out what was actually going on and in, in, in hindsight i was like yeah why didn't i see that I mean, this is like stuff that you would expect in like the swinger movement, you know, like the biker bikers that are swingers, like they change partners. This is the kind of stuff that I found out you would expect that demographic of people to be involved with. And it was going on at this, and these were the creme de la creme of the church I was in, okay? Not naming names, no nothing like that. I had about 10 people come out with me because I, like I said, I was leading that Bible study and I showed him that 20 hours of footage on the Toronto Blessing Unmasked. If you can, Toronto Blessing Unmasked right now, pretty sure it's still up there. I ended up sending 
my last tapes of the Toronto Blessing Unmasked to a listener in Europe. And they took a while, but they finally got them up online. They're not the greatest quality, but it mirrors a copy of a copy and it's a VHS. But that was the thing that I showed to the 10 people that came out of the um, charismatic church that I was at. And um, that convinced them. I, I, sh I played them the Gail Ripplinger. That convinced them about the King James. I mean, it wasn't really a whole lot of arguing. It was pretty blatant. Pretty blatant. And the Toronto Blessing of Mass showed like Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland, who's been around you know for so long. Kenneth Hagen. Oh, I don't know. You name it. Any of the people back in the day that were really like of the Pentecostal charismatic ilk. Um, and it was showing like them slowing down their tongues, sometimes reversing tongues, um, hearing what they said off camera. And by the end of that 20 hours of footage, you could really come to no other conclusion that these quote pastors like Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland and these ilk, they weren't just deceived. They were Satanists. They were Luciferians. Okay. It was that obvious. I mean, anybody with eyes to see ears to hear an art store say so they came out of it and we would have our own little Bible studies and I didn't call myself a pastor or anything, but I, you know, I was kind of like, whatever, because I'm not qualified to be a pastor. I'm not married. Okay. I'm, I, all I call myself is a watchman. So I'm like, um, you know, but that, that ended up falling apart too. I've noticed that people really in the charismatic movement as well. Uh, it's just, a there's a lot of instability from what I noted. Um, a lot of the people I dearly loved, and I still would, and I still do if, if they're around, but um, there was just a lot of instability. And then, and then I got off in left field as well with um, my my ex-wife, went back to her. That was a mess. Um, that was an absolute mess. So it was, it was, the whole thing was a mess. But I found that within about a year or two, as much as I had shown all those people that came out of it with me, all of them had went back to Charismania, as far as I could ascertain and tell from the feedback that I got. So it's it's very, very appealing to the flesh. To the, I never went back, ever. Um, I've had brushes with it, but I've never went back, and I never will. Um... But those were the two things that, that had a gigantic impact on me as a... And, and that was one big phase that really also did shape why I ended up starting, and I'll, I'll give God the credit for this ministry. That was a part of my experience. Then I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people that are probably in my shoes that probably need to hear this as well. And I can reach a lot more people online than I, I can ever on a local level. So that's what happened to me with that. Now... Um, okay, so I've read you the last two things, the last two excerpts that I did on Todd Bentley. So here was my last report on Todd Bentley. And this was from August 3rd. Now, this was a couple months after I had done my June 6th, 2008 teaching on Todd Bentley entitled God TV, Lakeland, Todd Bentley, and Satanism. This was my last and final report. We actually went there. And I'm going to play you the first almost 11 minutes of this teaching and it's called Todd Bentley's False Revival Shutdown. This was probably the most incredible thing God's ever 
let me be a part of. Because you got to remember back in the day when this guy was deceiving people, according to their God TV and all this other stuff, every night up to 126 million people were being deceived by Todd Bentley. A hundred, they were coming from all over the world. In fact, where they had the, um, where they had to end up setting up the revival, they outgrew the church was at this airport. It was, it was a private airport and people, I'm sure people would fly in right to the private airport. It was in Lakeland, Florida. And therefore they would just fly right in and, and you could go right to the service. And they were coming from all over the planet. So I'm going to go ahead and play this first 11 minutes of this. Welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for August 3rd, 2008, August 3rd, 2008. And today we're going to be going over several different topics to start out with, um, kind of a current event update. We're going to be, uh, we actually went up to uh, the Todd Bentley revival in Lakeland this week, and I kind of want to give you an update on that. Uh, we're going to be talking about how the Catholics are trying to make Mary the actual co-redemptrix alongside with Jesus Christ except actually she would have a higher uh, standing. Uh, we're going to be talking about John Hagee being humbled by the Catholic Church in a recent turn of events. Uh, some hate crimes issues. Uh, some startling things on the homosexual lifestyle. Some statistics that they do not want coming out. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about Iran and the possibility of what they call an EMP attack and what that would do to the American infrastructure. So to start out with, we'll just kind of give you an update on Todd Bentley. Doug and I had went up there this week and to basically pray against it, essentially. Uh, it's probably the most wicked thing that's come down the charismatic circles in a long time. So a lot of times we like to actually you know, go to these places and, and uh, come against it in the name of Jesus Christ. And... I remember, didn't you say, Doug, that when we went in there, we're going to a black mass? And it turned out that was very true, because when we, when we got there, the thing that was really weird is the carpet was black, the seats were black, everybody in the band was wearing black, every single person that spoke that night wore at least a black shirt, the um, accoutrements around the stage were all black, it just kind of struck you that it was just a very, very black type of thing. I, I did. Uh, I mentioned that in a not uh, more of a recent teaching on colors, and that there are. I do believe there is spiritual significance behind colors, and black is the one that even occultists agree on. I mean, if you go to like, a, let's say you go to a, a Planned Parenthood protest. In the, or, or a satanic convention, what are they going to be wearing? They're going to be wearing black. I mean, that's almost like universal that that is one of the, the things. I, I got a, I guess Peggy Hall did something the other day about why all these preachers now are wearing these black leather jackets. And I, and I said, yeah, you're right. I said, I've been seeing that. I mean, women and men, I mean, I don't know if they think they're like the Fonz from like Happy Days or whatever. Uh, that dates me a little bit, but I mean, yeah, I mean they're they're going around and they're wearing their black leather jackets with their the like the like you know like they look like kind of like biker jackets or whatever. It's really uh, just a strange look for a pastor. I, I would I gotta say, but yeah, that was that was one thing I've talked about. Uh, they had sent up a it's this real professional tent thing on the grounds of this place called fun and sun. It was a, uh, 
It's right on the, uh, the property of an airport there up in Lakeland. And when you sit down, uh, we got there very early, and um, they had all their uh, projector screens and stuff up there, and they would, they would you know, emblazon whatever message they were trying to, to send you. And the, the main message that was, as we were sitting there is that it said, Come get some. Fresh Fire Ministries. Now, that phrase, come get some, uh, has a lot of uh, inappropriate sexual connotations to it. Okay, and I'm not going to say anything more than that. But that's the main theme now of Todd Bentley, come get some. Okay, it was right there, you're sitting there, this is what you're seeing. And we also noticed a lot of, particular. I don't think I saw any men, but a lot of the women, there was a lot of charismatic, hyper-Pentecostal women up there, that tend to gravitate to these types of things. And I mean, I don't mean, I don't mean to sound like I'm, I'm chauvinistic. I'm just stating facts. And they were wearing these black shirts, as usual. And it was a shirt I guess you could buy there at Todd Bentley's. And it said, on the cover, it was a black shirt with white letter, and it said, Shika Boomba, I want some. That was, and then it said something else in, in smaller letters. I couldn't make it out. But... So, Shika Boomba, I want some. And evidently, that was one of the phrases that he's used. I know he's, he's they call him the Bam Man. And um, so, we, we saw... The Bam Man, okay. Yeah, and I mean, in the... Um, uh, the word get some in idioms and the free... And again, this is a little bit for mature audiences. It's commonly known to engage in sexual activity. Um... And yeah, I'm not going to get into the gory details, but uh, yeah, that's what it means. That's what it means. And I, I understand it can mean other things to become. It also can be called to become involved in a violent altercation. Uh, why don't you come get some if you think you're so tough that, that I, I've, I've heard it used that way. So anyway, yeah, that's that's a real good Christian thing that you would want to have. Um, as a theme for this wonderful revival. There were women that when when they kind of first started, they what they did to get everybody in the right uh, mood, I guess you would say, the right demonic mood. Amen. They had prior to anyone coming out and talking, it was a good two-hour band jam, I guess you would have to say, where the music was just up and down and up and down, and it was it was exactly what you would expect to see in like a mind control type of experiment they were trying to get you worked up evidently into the right state of mind so that you know you could supposedly receive the the preaching there were some things that were said in the songs that were just absolutely unbelievable one song and it was a woman that was on the keyboard she was the main vocalist and the main i guess leader of the band and she said in this one particular song, and I put out emails on this, but I've actually heard it now for my own, um, heard it with my own two ears. She said to Jesus, she said, I want to be a laid down lover filled with you. Oh, wow. Now, I'm not exaggerating what I just Ooh. said. That's an exact quote. I want to be a laid down lover filled with you. Now, I don't even want to really. I mean, this is so, I don't re- even remember. I mean, this has been so long ago, 2008, and I don't even remember it being this bad. But this is, this is my fresh account just getting back from this and, and then getting right on air. I mean, 
But this is typical. This is the kind of stuff that you would see in some type of charismatic, quote, false revival like this. Elaborate on that anymore. But you can kind of do the math if you're an adult, and that's pretty about as blasphemous as of a thing as I would ever. And, they, and it was clear is, is um, some of the words you couldn't hear that much. But that particular part of the song, every time all the other instruments would basically fade out and you could hear that very, very, very clearly. So that was one of the songs. Uh, there was, these songs would last sometimes a half an hour long. It was just repetitive, back and forth, back and forth, this mantra over and over and over again, up and down, just to get everybody in the right mood. Um, then when the one particular guy started giving, uh, bringing people up to give testimonies, you know, they were introducing people from all over the world that had flown in, you know, um, Japan and Australia and Holland and all these people. And the first testimonials they gave were on this group of women that had experienced supernatural weight loss that day. I think it was that day or the day before, where they had lost a size and a half in their pants. That was the first testimonials we got that night. Okay, I didn't see anybody resurrected from the dead, but they but they were showing they were getting close ups of them pulling their pants out and and seeing how, you know, many uh, inches they had lost. So that was, uh, I, I guess, a pretty big motivator for a lot of people to go there. Uh, there were a lot of women up at the front uh, waving flags. That's a big thing in the charismatic Pentecostal services. And I mean, I'm talking they were going and some of these women would go nonstop for the whole, just about the whole two hours. Yeah. And, it, you know, the. The thing, looking at all that, it's almost like a big amount of one-upsmanship. Like, I can outdo you. I'm more spiritual than you. And it really was yeah. between all the women there. There yeah. wasn't really any men getting into that. Same stuff was going on in the Kingsway, Christian. In, in fact, one of the, the lady that hosted my Bible studies there, this, I think, Thursday night Bible studies, she was... Um, Oh, she was the one of the, the main flag ones. In fact, she was the one, and she dressed skin tight stuff with kind of flowing garments, but it was all skin tight. And go up there, and she ended up having I'm I I know I'm pretty sure a lot of very very inappropriate things were told to me about. She was a former nudist, and she'd go up there and in scantily dressed clothes in front of all the men and um. Stuff happened. Um, and the whole former nudist thing, that was still kind of a... Had a lot of impact on her. I'm not going to get into any more details. But, I mean, it was it was pretty commonly known. Different people, multiple people were relaying stuff to me at the time. And I'm like, wow. And she was one of the main ones that was up there waving the flags. I mean, for like insane amounts of time. And that was at the charismatic church, you know that I came out of. And like I said, most of what I found out about the people at that church was of a very, very, very bad sexual nature. That was the primary things that were revealed to me. A lot of it was after I had come out of there and even after I had kind of split off from them. Um, and I found that's a real consistent theme within Charismania. Is the, is the big, big time sexual stuff and sins and things of that nature. Uh, I wish it wasn't so, but that was, that's was that been my experience. Into that level, it was more the women that were up there waving the flags, uh, trying to evidently show how everybody's spiritual they were. There was one lady that Doug saw as he exited, 
and I, I she was all over the place, but she was wearing she was wearing this yellow dress. And when Doug saw her, she had a cross over was it over her head? And she was waving around like like at the waist, like in this real was it kind of like a seductive thing, very very seductive thing. Um, as he left the the place, uh, there was a lady doing that, and there was one lady, a Filipino lady. She looked Filipino. She was in the back, and she was just jerking and jerking and jerking, and it was it was just like this uncontrollable. It looked like she was having, I guess you would say, a petite mal seizure, not to confuse with a grand mal seizure that an epileptic would have. So she was doing her thing. The lady in yellow was doing her thing, and then there was a bunch of women outside that were laying hands on this other women, and they were travailing in prayer and probably supposedly trying to de- deliver her from something. Um, just a lot of very, very, very strange things. There was one lady that was laying down, you said, Doug, and she was just doing some really inappropriate things to her own body uh, while she was laying down. Uh, you could go on and on and on. It was like a circus sideshow. Now, I came out of the charismatic Pentecostal movement, so this wasn't that big of a shock, but it was, I would say it was a notch above anything I had ever really uh, witnessed. Uh, going further... I'm just kind of trying to recap everything here. There was also a a, a policeman that uh, Doug had talked to in regard to this whole thing. And um, Doug, you essentially let him know that you didn't approve of what was going on here and this was kind of a sickening thing. And at that point, the police officer opened up more to Doug and uh, basically told Doug that this whole venture that they're doing up there was all about the money. And he was essentially there for one reason, that was to guard the money. Uh, (laughs) It was a cash cow, I think was the exact word he used. And um, he was uh, sick. And now this is a guy that's been there night after night. And he sees the whole thing uh, where, you know, they're doing the BAM thing and people. But he was noticing that, you know, the people that came in in wheelchairs left in the same wheelchairs. He didn't I don't see, think he saw anyone getting healed. Uh, and again, I saw a documentary on ABC Nightline on the Todd Bentley thing the other night. And they tried to get three, all they asked for, three people that had verified medical before and after healings. That's all they were asking for. It's not a whole lot to ask considering they're saying people are being resurrected from the dead. They just said now they've had their 13th person resurrected from the dead. These are all total blatant lies. Okay, And... They couldn't even give them three documented, verified medical before and after saying, yes, they're healed now. Now, I'm not saying people cannot get demonically healed, because that happens all the time in the New Age movement. So We're going to talk about that, uh, I think, next. Um, if people are getting healed, you have to look at the spirit by which they're getting healed. And one of the main things that works through the Kundalini spirit, as we, as we did in the last teaching on Todd Bentley, the Kundalini... Uh, spirit is probably, they were saying, at least the New Agers were, one of the main spirits that is all about health and healing within the New Age movement. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of an interesting point. So I'm going to go ahead and end that part here on the Todd Bentley thing, unless you have anything more to add. Uh, it was like going through a spiritual meat grinder. I'm still trying to recover because you really don't know what's happening to you on a spiritual level when you go against and pray at one of these things. It was, you know... It was basically like praying straight for four-plus hours. Uh, and I'm not trying to brag. I'm just saying that's what we felt compelled to do. It's, it's about the only thing that you could feel compelled to do in that particular situation. And knowing that this is going out to what God TV says, 120 million people every night, 
um, makes it all the more, you know, severe that, that this is happening. Okay, now I just realized after all these years, this, this, remember, this is entitled Todd Bentley's False Revival Shutdown. Well, I didn't say anything about a shutdown there. I don't know if I said it toward the end. I mean, I kind of scanned forward, but I don't think I did. Um, the most important part that I left out of that, and maybe when I recorded this, I didn't know it at the time because it, it might've been like literally that weekend when I did it because I didn't find out this was a good week later before I found out. Um, I should probably just go back and, and, and look at a couple of these other ones. No, I, I went back and I checked all the, the teachings I had posted for that month of August of 2008. Yoga Exposed Part 1 and 2. Acupuncture, Taoism, Yin Yang, New Age Exposed. Martial Arts Exposed Parts 1 and 2. Because there's a, there's a big uh, New Age component with martial arts. Um and again, I differentiate on that as, as far as self-defense versus whatever. Um, and then King James defended as God's preserved word, part one, two, three, and four. New King James version, weighed and found wanting. And the, the one I went over was Todd Bentley's false revival. And I didn't, um, I didn't get, I, as far as I can tell, I did not give the most important part. And that was, and I'll fill you in now. After we prayed and we came home, I think it was about a week later, we had found out that, remember, we were there, me and Doug were there for about four hours, prayed, witnessed all that stuff. We found out that that week, Todd Bentley, this big, gigantic sex scandal broke about him. He was married, I'm pretty sure, and it was found out that he was having an affair on his wife. And there was all this stuff that happened. I mean, it was multiple things. And I don't even remember it all. But I know it was that. That was at least one of them that, that he had. And again, you know, there you go with charismania and, and the sexual stuff. And he was having an affair. And it was it was like, I guess pretty much everybody knew, but they had been hiding it. And then it finally came out in the open. And even as lax on... Uh, the Bible and this type of stuff as people were, they, that's still, that was still too much for the people in the, and they, they shut it down. That revival ended that week that Doug and I went there to pray. Two guys, Christians that go there to pray. And I'm not saying there wasn't other people praying, but this was reaching 120 million people. They were flying in from all over the world. Two guys go there to pray. And within one week, it's all shut down. All of it. And it was two different things that broke. And I don't remember what the other thing was. I, I remember it was some other really big thing. But the major thing was, is that his affair had come out in the open. I, I don't even think it was, it was, it made it even to the next weekend. I think that broke like on a Wednesday or a Thursday that got out on like, even in charismatic circles and then some other thing happened and it was done short order. And I would say that was probably one, if not the greatest thing, God, I, uh, the greatest, um, 
thing I've ever been a part of as far as watching the hand of God move and realizing the power of prayer and in realizing that it's different when you go there and you put yourself there physically where that was and he wasn't even there I don't know if I mentioned that in uh I don't think I did he wasn't even there we thought he was going to be there but he wasn't he was like traveling or something when we were there but the revival the quote false revival all that madness that i described was going on it was still going on and i think it was just the fact that we went there i mean we drove all the way from fort myers that was like a you no, know, it had to take i remember we went we went to a um, a couple other places along the way because i like to go to places that had like a lot of like curses or occult stuff and like, like i still like to i just haven't had really the, more the time lately i've done a lot of that up here in north carolina but we we went to a couple different places i remember there was like a bridge we went to and one other place like a building it's like an old schoolhouse or something that that had a lot of i don't know curses demonic baggage bad haunted type stuff prayed over that before we got there and prayed there for about four hours you know felt like that's about all we could do left and then we found out I think by the next week and that everything had been shut down and I've never, I've never been a part of anything like that colossal, the, the seeing the hand of God move. And I, I don't think there was anyone else there. I mean, we looked around and it was pre pretty much everybody was in like in agreement. You could tell with what was going on there. And we were just kind of trying to stay away from everybody because, you know, it's like <laughs> they'd be wanting to lay hands on you or whatever. And I didn't want, I didn't want to be rude, but I didn't want to be a part of that. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my testimony on the whole, on the whole Todd Bentley thing. Um, I've been, like I said, I've really been on both sides of the whole charismatic <laughs> issue, man. So I had another listener reach out to me. And this is a listener question in my response. And um, they said, um, this is from uh, Casey. And they said, uh, hi, Scott, hope all is going well. I've come across something interesting. Now, this, this has been one of those ones. I got this on July 9th, but a lot of times I'll sit on things because it's just not, it's not the right time. This was the perfect study to read this. I've been kind of waiting and waiting, and but I don't try to force things. And then all of a sudden, these subjects came up tonight, and I'm like, oh, this is perfect to insert in here. Uh, hope all is well. I've come across something interesting and can see it as being one of the most deceiving practices I've ever seen. Being a competitor in the sport of strongman, I have friends I have made across the country and even uh, the globe, around the globe in that community. Having said that, I have this one friend on Facebook who's clearly not a Christian, and by his own words, too, claims to be a spiritual medium. And he posts picture after picture and video after video of his own ministries, of his own, quote, ministries, even going to India and supposedly working miracles of healing and casting out demons and always ending these posts by saying, I'm not a Christian. I'm a psychic medium. I'm not trying to convert anybody. God loves everybody. End of quote. Wow. And certainly, he has no problem making a mockery of Christians in his other posts. 
The irony is that in his videos, he still uses the name of Jesus Christ when doing these miracles. Talk about no fear of God audacity. This guy's hanging out over hellfire by a thread. And he's doing this garbage. While I have a good idea of what's going on here, this is one of the greatest deceptions I've seen the enemy play. Bottom line, what I'm seeing here is demonic power being used for healing and essentially trying to fight fire with fire just to ultimately lead people even further away from the gospel of Christ. Just wanted to, wanted to know your thoughts and wondered if you've ever come across anything like this. So I responded back to him, and this was back in July. I said, yes, as soon as I started reading your emails, these verses came to mind. Matthew 7, 21 through 23, um, where Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many, Jesus said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils. That's exactly what this guy's doing. He's using the name of Jesus Christ to cast out devils, but he's going out of his way to say he's not a Christian and he's not trying to convert anybody. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That's a very sobering set of verses there. Acts 16, 16, these are also verses that came into my mind. And it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination. Like this would be like when you go to a psychic and they're going to divine your future, scry a crystal ball or read the tarot cards, the tarot cards, whatever you want to call them. Read the tea leaves. A spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain, meaning a lot of money, by soothsaying, by this divination, this witchcraft. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. This is a demon-possessed girl saying this. But she was speaking the truth. These men are servants of the Most High God, which show us unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul being grieved, so it wasn't like Paul was happy with this. He knew evidently, he had the discernment to know that she was basically a witch. Paul being grieved turned and said to the spirit, the spirit that was animating her, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that same hour. So... It, it, these are these are kind of verses that remind me of that dynamic. Now, I go on to say why well, I've heard of satanic altar calls at hard rock concerts from the past with people actually getting healed and giving their lives to Satan. This seems to be different, but maybe I'm wrong, as if he is actually calling upon the name of Jesus Christ to cast out devils and heal. I mean, the devils know the name of Jesus. Okay, they do, and we're going to get to that those verses in a second. But another set of verses that came to my mind were Acts 8, 9 through 11. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched people 
bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that that himself was some great one. Okay, so he was bewitching people. He used witchcraft to do it. And he was basically saying, oh, I'm this great person because I can do this. To whom they all gave heed. These people were deceived. They gave heed to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. So here we have a, a situation where you've got like all the people in the area thinking this man has this great power of God. But he's, it's all witchcraft. The next verse, and to him they had regard because that, that of a long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. Now it goes on and it appears he may have gotten saved. I, it, I think he did if you re read on, but I don't have time to get into all those verses. Just read Matt, Acts 8 um, if you want to know more. But these are verses that kind of remind me of that. Now when I say that the devils know the name of Jesus. Okay, we go to Matthew or Mark 5, verse 1 through 8. And they came over under the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, meaning Jesus, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, not no, not in chains, because he had often bound, he had been often bound with fetters and chains and um they had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. So he could break fetters and chains. He was so demonically um, strong. Okay. So they couldn't bind him. Okay. Because they had often uh, bound him with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces. Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones, which again, you see a lot of that with this whole emu Thing or whatever where oh i'm a cutter i'm gonna cut myself well there there's the first cutter in the bible it's demonic um and when he saw jesus afar off he ran and worshiped him so there there's a guy that's totally demon possessed to the toenails and when he sees jesus afar off he runs to jesus and he worships him okay so um and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. So he was in total subjection to Jesus Christ when he saw him. Um, for he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. That was what Jesus said. And then he cast him in the herd of swine. The swine ran violently down a hill into the water. Um, so and anyway, this kind of, those kind of verses kind of reminded me of this whole concept of what we're talking about here. Um, and then Casey uh, responded back and said, some of those same verses came to my mind to me as well. I also came to realize this is nothing new when I also thought about the instances where demonic forces in, uh, in, in the world would essentially do cheap copies of God's power. Like when Pharaoh's magicians had their staffs turned into snakes, just as Moses rod did, before God's snake devoured the magician snake, or in modern times when these demon magicians who have demons assigned to them uh, for performing these really elaborate magic tricks, require manipulation of matter and objects, stuff like floating in the air or things disappearing. Yeah, yeah. So I, and I, I've done some studies on modern day magicians, you know, cause there's some seriously demonic stuff going on with, with some of that. It's not all, it's not all just sleight of hand. Um, so I figure why not healings as well? Yeah. 
If it deceives people into believing anything but the gospel of Christ, then it still works in their favor. Right. Yeah. So that's about as good of an answer as I can give from a biblical standpoint. I mean, there's probably a lot of other verses I could have talked about, but hopefully we covered that some. Now, again, going through my teachings here. Okay, so we're going to go over more of my teachings here. And these are just table of contents. I give you the links to them. You can click on and listen to. Um, and this one was my recent trip down Charismania Lane, which was on February 3rd of 2008, which this would have been, oh, I went, it looks like I went to the Todd Bentley revival and prayed there, I think it was in August of 2008. So this would have been in, you know, February of the same year. Recently, I attended a David Herzog. Now, this was a guy back in the day. I don't even know if he's around anymore. He's one of the many charismatic dudes that, you saw that come and go and anyway at the time he was pretty big i attended a david herzog hyper pentecostal miracle and prophetic revival meeting in my hometown that was billed to manifest the following the following miracles signs and wonders instant healings instant weight loss gray hair turning to black gold teeth fillings uh gold teeth fillings i guess maybe having your mercury fillings turn into gold i guess i don't know and crown, oh no, gold teeth fillings and crowns instantly appearing in the mouths of those in need. Why Why would God, if you needed a, a tooth filling, why wouldn't, if it was God, wouldn't he just heal the tooth and not give you like gold fillings or a crown, which is horrible for you? Why would he, why would he just heal the whole tooth? I mean, <laughs> Come on! What? Why? That makes no sense at all. Taylor and me were just laughing over over that. Like, yeah, like God would adhere to like the dentistry, the modern day dentistry protocols about crowns and filling. I mean, come on! He would just heal the tooth. Um, then also gold dust appearing miraculously on the people at the meetings. Different kinds of precious jewels that miraculously appeared during the meetings and. They're there for the taking. Uh, then angel sightings that when photographed appeared as seven to eight sided circles or dots on film. And the glory cloud that descends and hovers over the heads of those, all those attending the meetings and the quote, the river and the new wine of the spirit that produces uncontrollable, hysterical, holy laughter. These are the things that this David Herzog uh, false revival was touting and billing to get you to come during this teaching i will be giving some background information on this false ministry also our first-hand account of what doug and i witnessed that you you really should listen to this it's 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 it really is kind of hilariously funny too i mean it was uh doug and i had some really good good times at these things because uh, <laughs> this wasn't you know we we did this we got doug was married he was a part of my my little home church for a while and and um that's what i'm in reference to there um and then i said i will also be reading a recent letter i received from another charismatic charlatan leroy he called leroy leroy jenkins oh that guy which included a purple cloth of financial blessings with an, the inevitable always the inevitable plea for money uh had first-hand dealings with that guy too Jeremiah, 
Jeremiah 26, 27, and uh, also verses 29 through 31 says, For among my people are found wicked men. They lay wait as he that setteth snares. They set a trap. They catch men. As a cage is full of birds, so are their houses full of deceit. Therefore, they are become great and waxen rich. So it, say, it says there, these types of charlatans like this, that catch men, that they lay wait, they're wicked. Their houses are full of deceit and they become great and they're enriched. So it's when you see these people living these lavish lifestyles like, you know, Kenneth Copeland with his Kenneth Copeland airport, literally Kenneth Copeland airport and his fleet of jets and fleet of Harley Davidsons, you know, the Bible predicts it. And then the Bible goes on to say, shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? And it doesn't bode well really for uh, probably America because we probably have more of this going on than any other nation on the planet. A wonderful and horrible thing is committed in the land. My prof the prophets prophesy falsely and the priests bear rule by their means. They're not doing it by the God's means, by biblical means. They're doing it by their own heartfelt means. And my people love to have it so. So that, this that's uh yeah. So I give you the link to that. It's my it's called my recent trip down Charismania Lane, part one and two. I'd almost like to listen to that. Just to, <laughs> that's pretty funny stuff. Um. Anyway, the next one I did is called Pentecostals take the United Nations by storm. Now this was man, this was a full year almost to the day before I did the Todd Bentley shutdown revival. Now. If you, the one I played you on the shot, on the Todd Bentley shutdown, you heard it. You heard it was only 10 minutes and I didn't even get into the shutdown. I, maybe I went back. I think I went back and renamed that later. And I don't think I realized I never got into what actually happened on the shutdown. So I don't know. I'll probably refer everybody to this teaching for that now. Cause at least I got into that. Um, so this one was a year before we went to the Todd Bentley thing. Pentecostals take the United Nations by storm. This takes the cake. It never ceases to amaze me what passes as holy in today's apostate mess. An excerpt from the Pentecostal, from this Pentecostal ministry reads, quote, as United Nations delegates spilled out from the meeting, they were being slain out by God's power, slain in the spirit by God's power, right in front of their offices. Oh, I'm sure the people in the UN were um, definitely um, being open to the charismatic being slain in the spirit thing. Well, you know, <laughs> uh, just pretty crazy stuff here. Unbelievably, there are many, many of these types of ministries in the current day Pentecostal movement. We will also be reading a recent email I received from a listener regarding the another hyper Pentecostal named David Herzog. And again, after that. We went to one of his meetings when he came into my town and the incomprehensible topics of his new book, Glory Invasion. Oh, I do remember that night that none, when Doug and I were praying there, we were in the back, just like we were at Todd Bentley's things. There were no miracles that night at all. There were, there were no, like nothing happened at all. And we were just, we weren't praying like, you know, like, uh, we, we were just praying for God's will, you know, that, that if this is not of God, then we prayed nothing Nothing will be no no lying signs wonders or whatever. Remember when when the Antichrist the false prophet come, 
the primary method whereby which they're going to deceive the whole world, okay, is through lines, signs, and wonders and miracles. So this subject is really super important and pertinent to the day and times we're in and the day and times we're moving into. Because if you think like what I've described you as far as lying signs and wonders and miracles is a really big thing, we've seen nothing yet. Because the days are going to come when you're going to really see gigantic lying signs and wonders and miracles, okay? From like the Antichrist and the false prophet and calling fire down from heaven and this type of stuff. And if it were possible, according to Jesus Christ, according to Matthew 24, they shall deceive the very elect. And these, I know, I know that's in reference to, you know, the false apostles and the false prophets and these types of people, but also, also the Antichrist and the false prophet, you know. They're going to deceive the whole world through this. And, and this is why Jesus said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. We don't want to be chasing after signs. Okay? God can give you a sign, but it's not the primary thing you should be chasing after to validate whatever you're trying to, to do or validate if, if a ministry is of God, I guess. You know, I'm not saying he can't work that way, but we got to be super careful. I mean, this is what the Catholics do all day long. They chase after all these lying signs and what, oh, Mary, Medjugorian, putrid smelling oils coming out of this painting or, or some Hindu milk gods producing milk. Um, you name it. There's all kind of lying signs, wonders and stuff that are out there, especially in the really super overt false devil cults catholicism being one of the highest ones where people chase after that stuff so um we will also be reading in a recent email i received from a listener regarding hyper pentecostal named david herzog and the incomprehensible topics of his new book glory invasion just one more piece of line drivel charismatic drivel this is basically high level witchcraft with a pseudo christian veneer then i did another teaching which also relates to this, called The Manifest Sons of God, Joel's Army, The Latter Rain Movement, Exposed, Part 1, 2, and 3. I really did a lot of these teachings in from 2007 to 2008, because um, this was May 11, 2008, that I did this. Uh, the Manifest Sons of God movement has many names, such as the Latter Rain Movement, the Identity Movement, Joel's Army, Restoration and Reconstruction. The MSOG doctrine, which stands for Manifest Sons of God, has been around in some Pentecostal circles for many years, but it was the latter rain movement of 1948 that gave it a wider audience. This movement was thought by its adherents to as the last great spiritual outpouring that would see the return of Christ. It would result in the church being perfected and submitting to the restored ministry of the apostles and prophets. And you look at the fruit it's produced. You look at this, and it says this goes back but it was the latter rain movement of 1948 that gave it a wider audience. And this is the, the, that it brought out this manifest sons of God movement and Joel's army and all this other stuff. There's, there's so many different labels. This now it's new apostolic reformation. There's so many labels and offshoots that this thing has produced over the years. You can't just put it in a box. It's, it's a, it's like a spider with many legs shooting out, you know, uh, these these ministries would supposedly be in charge of restoring truths that were lost to the church. 
yeah, like the one guy spouting off saying, hey, you don't got to, uh, you can do whatever you want, pray in tongues, we don't need an interpreter, you, everybody pray at the same time, this is just, you know, you being limited by, okay, that's what they're talking about, that type of just don't look at the Bible, if it feels good, do it, let go, let God, that type of stuff. Um, and that's the fruit that these movements have produced. Okay. Um, when we, but when we examine the fruit of this movement and see how its doctrine compares to the word of God, it, it falls woefully short. Uh, okay. So then the next one, and I've done more teachings on this subject than these, but these are just some of the main ones. This one's entitled Catherine Kuhlman. Amy Semple McPherson, The Source of Benny Hinn's Anointing, Part 1, 2, and 3. Okay, In this teaching, we will be keen on Catherine Kuhlman, Amy Semple McPherson, and Benny Hinn. Since their deaths, Benny Hinn has visited Catherine Kuhlman's and Amy McPherson's graves to appropriate their anointing that he claims still lingers on their bodies from the grave. I don't know if he's still making yearly pilgrimages to their whatever but yeah he bragged about doing this i mean he said it on in fact there's a whole link here and i think this link is still active where it yeah benny hen's romance with necromancy which is basically like yeah you're communicating with the dead which is forbidden in the bible i mean that's like a absolutely totally forbidden under the realm of witchcraft there's a whole link on this uh report here and so Catherine Kuhlman was the founding member of, of a New Age movement that synchronized Christianity and occult spiritualism together with pop psychology and a lavish serving of capitalism. Thanks to Catherine Kuhlman's pop status, websites now sell the claim of being personally transformed and healed by practicing Christian yoga. I've done, again, key in yoga. I'm, uh, yoga Exposed was one of the, the teachings I mentioned earlier uh, that I did back in August of 2008 i got a lot of experience with yoga my mom ever since i was a little kid my mom was into it um tried she got me into it a little bit um she got her best friend so far into it she's still into it this day she's like like had her own yoga studio and went all over the world and you know got all kind of different certifications and all that other stuff in it so um it is thanks to Kuhlman that the practice of being slain in the spirit is said to have been made more popular in, in, in evangelical circles. Yeah. So all that stuff you're seeing with that Salvador guy and, and that Mike Signorelli or whatever, um, all the slain in the spirit stuff that you've been seeing for Benny Hinn, a lot of that started with Catherine Kuhlman. Okay, way back. And this woman was a very evil witch. Okay. Um, unfortunately, this slain was the work of unholy spirits. Time Magazine once called her a veritable one-woman shrine of lords. Well, the shrine of lords is like, like the Catholic um, whole false line signs and wonders and miracles thing. Well, she, the Time Magazine called her a one-woman shrine of lords. And Lords is, I think, the City of Lords, L-O-U-R-D-E-S. She was, such was the fervor that Catherine Kuhlman garnered. Wayne E. W w Warner, Wayne E. 
Warner, in his book, The Woman Behind the Miracles, goes so far to claim that Catholics would prefer to save money and attend a Catherine Kuhlman crusade than travel to a Marian shrine. They would prefer to save money and just go to a Catherine Kuhlman crusade than actually go to a Marian shrine, like a shrine of Mary, you know. Which is a whole other subject I've covered tons. Um, Mary, just key in Marian apparitions. We'll cover that ad nauseum. Kuhlman's biographer and friend admitted that she, quote, loved her expensive clothes, her precious jewels, her luxury hotels, and first-class travel. In response to reports that she held a private audience on October 11th, 1972, with Pope Paul VI, one Christian comments, quote, Catherine Kuhlman was a witch that was accepted by many. Do you suppose that the Pope blessed her for serving Jesus? Or could it be that the Antichrist was blessing one of his own servants? Yeah, I think it was the latter part of that. After the meeting, she said, quote, When I met the Pope, there was a oneness. That's Catherine Kuhlman. And, and she is one of the foundational pillars of modern day charismania. Okay. And we're just talking rotten fruit from the very beginning. And the Bible is very clear in Psalm 11, verse 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And the whole charismatic thing and was, was corrupt. It was corrupted from the beginning. Okay. Because the foundation was corrupted. Okay. Another teaching I've done is called Dominionism, Kingdom Now. Reconstructionism, theonomy, exposed. And this is also from 2008. 2008 and 2007 were the years I really did a lot. And, and the reason I don't do these studies anymore is because I've already covered it. Um, Three-part teaching on this. Currently, there is a move. I, I think the reason I did this is because I had come out of this. Now, I had been in the Baptist church probably at that point for a good six years. But before that, it was charismania. And that wasn't as long. It was it was a much shorter time period. God got me out of that. But I felt a, a strong pull to really, because I saw how dangerous it was to really expose that. Currently, there's a movement that is known as Reconstructionism, Kingdom Now Theology, Theonomy, or Dominion Theology. And is a curious blend of Reformed, um, I guess, Reformed Christianity, Calvinist theology, and charismatic Pentecostal influence. That movement has been called by three different names. Reconstructionism, because it advocates the reconstruction of society. Dominion theology, because it, its theology teaches that biblical Christianity is to rule every spirit of society, even though Jesus Christ said, my kingdom is not of this world. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and theonomy, a combination of two Greek words, theos, which means God, and nomos, meaning law, because it asserts that all society is to be brought into obedience and subjection to the Mosaic law. That's what this teaches. Okay. Um, and this is the whole 
underpinnings of what they call dominionism, which is part of the title that I gave there, which they believe that they are, there's a big, big, ever-growing sect of Christians, and a lot of them it is in this whole new apostolic reformation. Um, dominionism, Manifest Sons of God, Joel's Army, I mean, all these different titles, Charismania, that their mandate is to take back the world for God, and they're going to make it so good, so holy, that the tribulation is going to be done away with. Jesus Christ is going to come back and set up his kingdom, and we won't have to worry about going through the tribulation. But we're going to take dominion over the whole world. That Revelation, Daniel, Matthew 24, uh, evidently 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, a lot of other places in the Bible aren't going to, they're going to be done away with. Because these deluded and many, many times I believe they're just flat out Satanists and Luciferians are deceiving people into thinking that we're we're going to do this through our dominion theology. New apostolic reformation, that type of stuff. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it's, it's super, super dangerous. And a number of the movement's ideas have infiltrated the thinking and actions of many professing believers, often without them knowing it. Now remember, I did this back in 2008. Okay, so it's like 15 years ago. And, this, and it had been going strong before that the movement is led by such quote theologians as rosas rush dooney gary north ray sutton greg bossen david chilton and by charismatic leaders such as earl polk their ideas are often reflected by non-reconstructionists such as pat robertson the devil himself here um 700 club guy d james kennedy another devil john whitehead Frankie Schaefer and Jerry Falwell. Okay, so that I did a three-part teaching on that. Then I've done other teachings since then. Um, one of them is my end time current events from 8-17, the year 2014. This is actually part one, two, three, and four. I did a kind of a dedicated teaching on this whole subject. Part three. I get into the Azusa Street Revival is the origin of the modern-day Pentecostal, really charismatic movement. Because of the stuff that was going on in Azusa was very charismatic. A ton of stuff was so far out of order. Crawling around on all fours, barking, all this stuff that was totally unbiblical. And they, they point back charismatics and... Oh, point back to that is the pure time. Oh, this is the wonderful time of Zusa Street. That's when the Holy Spirit began to move and all this, eh, whatever. We're, we critically examine that in part three. Also, the Toronto Blessing Unmasked Evidence That Will Shock You. That's those tapes I told you about. I, you'll hear my audio on that. Um, this was about nine years ago I did this teaching. Then... Charles Parham, the father of the modern-day Pentecostal charismatic movements, and his students, W.J. Seymour, was the father of the Azusa Street Revival, critically, biblically examined. Okay, so that, I give you that link to that report. Then, in part one of that same kind of dedicated teaching from 8.17.14, Pope Francis meets with the evangelical delegation, James and Betty Robeson, co-host of the Life Today television program, and Kenneth Copeland, co-host of Believer's Victory Voice. And they meet the Roman pontiff at the Vatican recently for almost three hours. They're all yoked up with them. Okay, they're already all yoked up, this whole charismatic TBN uh, people. They're all 
whether or not you know overtly secretly what they're they're yoked up with the catholic church okay they're ready for the whole one world religion under antichrist because it's gonna that's they're, they're the ones that are going to go to the christians and, and and um you know make that all happen then we've got part three of that teaching now this is from two two of 14 so this is a different date part three Listener comment, the evil Pentecostal charismatic megachurch pastor Kenneth Copeland officially yokes up with the Pope and the Catholic death call. Then the official blog of Kenneth Copeland ministry announces that this, uh, this quote, historic change. So we talk about there. And then in part two of my teaching from 817 of 2014, we talk about Tony Palmer who captured Pope Francis's bid for Christian unity with a cell phone, with, with a cell phone, dies after a motorcycle crash. I don't, I don't know, you have to listen to it to find out what that's all about. The Pope's top 10 secrets to happiness. Then we talk about Ken the Copeland recants and then returns to Catholicism. And then the Pope meets with the heads of, the of quote, the family, who is, I guess, Doug Coe in Washington, D.C. to organize some secret invisible world organization. And again, this is all about the 501c3 corporate factions of modern day christianity yoking up with the catholic church which will then yoke up with all the other religions around the planet and will probably come like i said most likely at the end of the of some type of world war three scenario where everyone is at maximum desperation on the heels of some war and then the antichrist and false prophet are going to come like they're the best thing since sliced bread they're going to have all the answers. They're going to unite all the religions. They're going to they're going to appear as the good guys. They're going to get rid of the wicked, evil cabal. And they're going to usher in the new world order, which they'll bill as the greatest thing. And that's the way I see it playing out. I've been predicting it for a long time, and I think it's I think it's what's going to happen. The Bible warns about it. <clears throat> and then I talk about Obama endorses the elitist pseudo Christian organization called the Family. Then Westmont President Gail Beebe invited to meet the Pope Francis to discuss finding common ground between Protestants and Catholics. I've done so many reports on the, the modern day Christian denominations yoking up with the Pope. It's uh, You'd have a hard time finding all the teachings I've done on that. And then Charismatics pray over Pope Francis. And then that's the same teaching at the very, very end of it where I did a small part on tongues are not essential for salvation. I covered that a little bit earlier. And the last thing here is um, I, w I wish I would have split this up better because this this part's only going to be like an hour and 10 minutes. And I don't think I I think I went over time on the first part. But um, this is from a listener and uh, uh, Sunny Rose 84. And she was she was commenting on the whole domino revival their their um their little i don't know their little placard and it looks really really demonic and she says you you probably caught that they left their mark meaning on the trailer on on the thing for the trailer in the movie and they replaced the letter i with a lightning bolt and it's a real demonic looking lightning bolt Okay. And it's like, I beheld Satan basically fall from heaven. Okay. When Jesus Christ said that. And that's what, when you see the lightning bolt, that is a lot of times what it's in reference to the fall, the fall of Satan. Um, and 
the thing is, is, is it's typically used in a very demonic way by occultists. You think of the the Waffen SS of the Nazis, and they had their double lightning bolt symbol, which stood for SS. And it's typically used in a very, um, a very occultic, um, Luciferian type of way when you see that. And in, in, in this, the Domino Revival, when you play the trailer, and it's, it's, the, it's what's on the cover of the movie, in the word Revival, the middle letter is I, and it's replaced with this really stylized, demonic-looking lightning bolt. And that's why she says, you probably caught that they left, quote, their mark. And when they replaced the letter I with this lightning bolt, just like you know how the, the rock group, the hard rock group, KISS, used two lightning bolts to replace the two S's in KISS, which stands for whoever you talk to, knights in Satan's service or kings in Satan's service. Satan's service are the two lightning bolts in, in that particular uh, thing. And so um, that trailer was so loud. I mean, the Holy Spirit is gentle. Yeah. You know, and again, it's things are to be done decently and in order and again repentance and it heavily relates to to that study i did on the asbury revival recently that was in kentucky and how off the wall and how unbiblical that was now that wasn't as crazy though as what i covered today okay um that that's not as overtly charismatic the asbury revival as what's going on in this other stuff that I, I talked about today, okay? Um, there's a lot of different flavors. But that's all we have for today. So God bless you, and Lord willing, we will see you in the next audio. Scott Johnson's 1,000 plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC, 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.